0: The busy uh, now, he's gonna move like right along the McGregor.
1: That's his whole life. <laughs> so I made a change in my routine this week. Uh, since especially the DS9 days when I was really excited to watch DS9, I you would usually watch those episodes first and then do whatever tuning in stuff. And I've been doing this watching both Voyagers and then the X Files. Uh, this week I switched up my order. I started, Whoa. yeah, I, I, I. Think I am liking it a lot more than uh, Voyager, certainly, but yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you know, we won't give short shrift to Voyager; it has its own charms. No, but...
1: but I find myself now more excited to watch the X Files and see what happens. So,
0: yeah, because I think that what you are seeing is that the X Files has figured out what yeah. kind of show it is and what it's good at and what stories it wants to tell, whereas yeah. Voyager is still kind of floundering a little bit. I mean, it's also coincidental that you know we are discussing. Uh, you know essentially the the same seasons of x-files and, and voyager we're in the third season of both yeah. and we're still relatively uh you know we're still relatively uh early in both of the seasons so it's interesting on that level as well because both shows are kind of around the same development time
1: yeah and i mean these two the two episodes we had this week the list and too shy i don't Get the sense, particularly after the mythology heavy episodes at the beginning of the season and especially after Clyde Bruckman. I mean, these are not, you know, major, huge X-Files episodes. These are just middle of season monster of the week things. And they were both really good.
0: Yeah, they're they're both really good. They're both really, I think, engaging. A lot of the acting is fantastic. And
1: these are baseline episodes. We are at a really good baseline.
0: Yes, I I cuz I said last week or maybe the week before that I think that the the um you know uh, Todd Vanderwerf who writes for used to write for the yeah. AV club said that season 3 of the X-Files is perhaps one of the greatest seasons of television ever made, like not just for the X-Files yeah. but ever. And while I don't know that I would go that far, I think it is an extraordinarily strong season of television. You know, there's a couple of clunkers in here as there's going to be. You know, they're making 24 episodes yeah. and that's that's tough to do. But They figured it out, and I think that, like, you know, for example, Chris Carter is, I think, someone who may suffer from the Roddenberry syndrome Hmm. sometimes, and everyone who's listening to this, who's also been listening to Trek about for, for years, I think will understand what I mean by that, because Roddenberry, while he was the creator of the original series, a creator of Star Trek kind of kept it alive to some degree through the wilderness years was not perhaps the best writer and and did not always have the best yeah. handle on how to tell Star Trek stories. And I think that Chris Carter while he's he's much better than Roddenberry in terms of being a writer, sometimes his episodes, I mean he wrote Space for instance, uh, not great. And
1: well, he's much better at the mythology episodes. I think. Like, I think those are strong. But yeah, maybe the monster of the week isn't as much of his interest.
0: I I don't think he's as good at them. But I think that this episode in particular, the list is is very well done. And I mean, you can certainly see that it's a Chris Carter episode. Yeah. Uh, the the guy who dies, um, what's his name, Niche? I think. Yeah. Uh, is this sort of like. You know he's some sort of like jailhouse philosophizer, and Mulder gets the opportunity to to read a passage from one of his books that is classic Chris Carter gobbledygook, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know kind of like the kind of voiceovers that that Mulder was getting in in uh, in the two parter that that started out this season, for example. But it works because I think the show is aware that that what yeah. he is philosophizing about is kind of silly.
1: Yeah, he's supposed to be. I mean, obviously, Niche stumbles upon some kind of truth in this episode, but at the same time, he is a slightly unhinged prisoner in solitary, in solitary or in, on death row, and is going to have certain wildness to his ideas. Yeah, and if there's it's a incoherent. It, it the character, the, this character's philosophy would be slightly incoherent.
0: Right, it would be slightly incoherent, and I think that. What What is interesting about this episode in particular, of course, is that, you know, it's taking a very real phenomenon mm. and it is it is not really mentioning the fact that, for example, I think <laughs> all of the uh, uh, all of the, the, the prisoners are black, for example, yeah. uh, talking about noticing things that are kind of in the air about American culture, um, not really explicitly commenting on them, but it's just something that the show is aware of. And I think the show is increasingly becoming comfortable with, you know, sort of obliquely commenting on some aspects of American culture that are, are bad, really. I think this, Uh,
1: this episode reminds me of some way of the voodoo episode, uh, where they're in the refugee camp. Okay. Uh, in, in that both episodes are about, uh, an oppressed class able to tap into some kind of supernatural power as a way of uh, getting retribution against the oppressive force.
0: Yeah, I could certainly see that. And I think that that is... You know, what's interesting to me is that we don't really get a lot of context for this character of Niche. We don't know a lot about his history. We find out a little bit about why he's actually in prison and the fact that he's on death row for essentially driving a getaway mm. car seems a little much to me, at least. I don't think that someone... I mean, I don't believe in the death penalty at all, but uh, I, I certainly don't yeah. think that that someone who did not commit a murder should be getting the death penalty. Um, and and so the idea is here that, that you know, we've, we've got this prison. It's a sort of dog-eat-dog situation. The warden is... Saying all of the right things about you know this is this is what did he say something like um, you know this is a prison state and you know we're just here to make sure that they don't kill each other and stuff like that. I mean this is a this is a profoundly cynical man who, assumedly is good at his job, but but still is is violent and abusive and all of these sorts of
1: things, right? Well, again, just like the guy in charge of the camp in the voodoo episode, uh, he seems to – this is a situation in which some kind of order needs, much more so here than the refugee camp, I would say. I mean these are largely people who have committed murders, who are dangerous, and some, some kind of justice needs to be seen, and yet the warden goes beyond justice in a lot of ways.
0: Well, that I think, yeah, but I think that that's the question at the heart of the episode, though, is, are these violent people? Like, we don't know. And, yeah. you know, we don't know what any of the prisoners did. And I think that certainly I don't think Niche is a violent person. Yeah, uh, and
1: especially with the, we learned that his lawyer was, you know, just a kid out of law school and fucked up the defense really badly. And, uh, it, you know, which is what, and I mean, we're, we're, we're. We are very aware that a lot of people who are in prison are so unjustly through incompetent lawyers, you know, crooked cops, right, misinterpreted evidence, all of these things. So that 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 is fair to say that you know either I mean this is a situation in which I think many of the people who are on death row in this episode, if they are not quote unquote violent men, they have become desperate.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, certainly. I mean, I think that if you're on death row, you, you don't want to die. And that is the case, that they are going to be desperate. But I think that, that what what is – I don't know, because I, I keep coming back to, to the way the episode starts, right? And the X-Files has always done a good job at making cold opens that are engaging and want to yeah. make you keep watching the episode. But but they have really reached a level that is is getting to be like profoundly uh, – I don't even know like the, You know, this entire episode starts out with this whole death row sequence where they're, you know, murdering a guy on death row. And on the one hand, you're kind of like, what is going on here? Like, this is so uh, self-assured and it's so gruesome in a way, and it's not fun to watch at all. But it is. There's a truth to it, and there's a yeah. there's a real sense of like it. It does two things, right? It sets up the character of Niche. It sets up the character of the warden. It sets up the character of, of his wife. Uh, it, it also shows us that Niche is dead. He is really dead yeah. because mm-hmm. he was just electrocuted. Uh,
1: yeah, all the major players have very sp- even sp- like some of the other prisoners even have you know tiny roles. This sets up the entire cast pretty much.
0: Yeah, it does. And then and then what we get, of course, is this idea that there's this list and five men are going to die, and blah, blah, blah. And you're kind of like, okay. And we, we're watching the X-Files. So, of course, we're like, yes, we have the plot for this episode. Five men are going to die. And they do. Like they, On the one hand, this is kind of a weird episode because yeah. what is happening is very clear. And the episode never really pretends that what they said is going to happen is not happening. I mean, Niche came back from the dead somehow and is murdering these people. Uh, that 's not the que- that 's not the mystery of the episode
1: yeah, and it 's not really the threat of the episodes in a way i mean again nietzsche at the through the after Nietzsche dies, he becomes almost an agent of divine justice in a way. These are people who have you know perhaps the the lawyer is a probably the least of a you know problem i think he does have you know his well-meaningness and is trying to atone for his things but in the case of for example the warden at the very end we are not seeing necessarily a man get murdered we are seeing justice done the real threat is the warden who is just going to beat up beat a prisoner to death because he's pissed off i mean that's the real ter- the terror in this episode is the mundane part of it
0: yeah certainly but but i think that it's a little bit it's a little bit deeper than that, though, because, yes, on the one hand, I agree with you that the, the lawyer, for example, probably should not have been murdered. But but what it seems that Nish is doing to me is he is choosing representatives of a system that has mm. failed these these men and you know the warden the lawyer it's not about the individual lawyer it's not yeah. about the indi- well it's about the individual warden cuz the guy's an asshole but but, but it's also the he's also the representative of the the prison complex system yeah. but the lawyer is is a representative of a different aspect of that system
1: yeah i get and i guess that that's the point even if you have everybody in the system means well even if every single lawyer does want to get their innocent clients or you know their their clients the best deal or the or an appropriate sentence there are going to be external factors inherent to the system that are going to fuck it up no matter what
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I think you also see that in the choice of the gu- of the guard to murder, for example. Yeah. You know, that's another aspect of the system. You know, this, like you said, this is divine justice of an un- you know that is being wreaked on an un- on an unjust system, and on the one hand, you can say, okay, well, what niche is doing is not really helping the system; it's not making it better. But that's not really the point. I think the point yeah. is just that niche is, is is lashing out because he's he feels wronged. And, and yeah. you know, he was wrong, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the yeah. executioner is another one of his victims.
1: I mean, do you want to talk about, uh, you know, p- people in the system? I mean, that that's that's when done perfectly. I mean, people will fuck up an execution. And, uh, I mean, there's a scene in the Green Mile in which someone fucks up an execution on purpose to torture the victim. So, uh, you well, know. They're, they're... And,
0: and this is not theoretical. I mean, what, a year or two yeah. ago? Uh, they they basically, um, you know, pharmaceutical companies uh, are, are rightly, I think, uh, you know, refusing to sell, um, you know, lethal cocktail drugs uh, to yeah. to prison so that they cannot uh, use lethal injection anymore uh, because apparently lethal injection is not painless, which, OK, oh. surprise, surprise. Uh, but they kind of like rolled their own and they basically tortured this guy to death and he was suffering for like a half hour. Um, which is great. And and that just happened a year or two ago. So I mean, this is not something to that is solved.
1: Them, number one, but yeah.
0: I don't know. I mean, we figured out how to put pets to sleep without pain. So I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I live in I Oregon,
1: don't. Oregon, where assisted suicide exists as a thing like that. Those aren't drugs that you could take. But
0: but that but that's really what what I think, you know, the the larger point of the episode is, right? Yeah. Cuz it is this is what the X-Files is getting really good at, is telling a very creepy story about a guy who is murdering people that have wronged him, but it is also telling a larger story about How this man was failed by the system to the degree that he was murdered by the state and and that the system is so corrupt and the system is so imperfect that how could anybody support a system such as this making the ultimate decision to take someone's life? It it doesn't make sense. I don't think it makes sense to Chris Carter, and I don't think it makes sense to Mulder, and I don't think it makes sense yeah, to Scully.
1: Yeah, especially Scully, who is a doctor, and and her view is of saving life. Um, I mean, he 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 is using this stuff that's going on in order to you know take back his control through violent means, and. I mean, Mulder and Scully never really figure out what's going on. I mean, there's that scene when they're driving away at the end, you know, where they're all of you know, this makes no sense. What the hell happened? And Mulder's all just like, forget it, Jake, it's Chinatown, you know, and they, right. they drive out. I mean, I don't think they even know that the warden gets killed in a car accident. And if they find that out, it'll be just a weird coda to this at the end that they just can never explain. But in this way, it works well because, I don't know, I think it would be... Mulder and Scully stopping Nietzsche would not be justice in a way. I I, I think at this point the Nietzsche has earned justice in his ability to, you know, retaliate against these people, I guess. Um I may not believe in the death penalty myself, but damn am I happy that the warden died in the end.
0: Yeah, I think that's really it's kind of a strange choice for the episode in some respects because yeah. there is almost an anthropological element to it which is it's not judging yeah the it's not really judging the actions of niche it's it's not making any sort of uh uh judgment one way or the other about what he's doing well, he's, it, it's very matter of fact about it in 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 fact
1: it's it niche has almost become a force of nature i mean we see him in this the initial segment of the episode but we only see him in flashes he doesn't really He's too silent to be a character in the sec in the rest of the episode. Again, he's almost... You can't judge niche just as you can't judge a hurricane, you know?
0: Yeah, well, because that's the thing. I mean, we don't... Like you said, we don't really get a sense of who he is. We don't see him, except for the very beginning of the episode when he's ranting and raving in the electric chair. Yeah. And essentially what we're getting is... You know, he's a stand-in. We're, we're seeing him through the eyes of all the other characters, how they have interpreted the character of Niche. I mean, even to the point where, you know, I think that's part of the reason for why Mulder is reading Scully part of his writings, for yeah. example. Because we're supposed to get a sense of who this guy is, who, who Mulder thinks he is, et cetera, et cetera. The, the last thing I want to mention before we uh, move on to Too Shy, which I think we'll have a lot of fun huh. with, uh, is... I don't know the the one the one element of the of the episode that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and I'm not sure why it's in the episode is this idea that Nisha's wife was having an affair with a prison guard. Uh, I don't get. Yeah. Why that's in the episode. It doesn't really seem to add anything to it except to maybe have a little bit of a misdirection, which I guess is maybe why it's there. But it doesn't really add up to anything. I
1: mean, and- I guess the question is, is the guard on the list? I'm not entirely sure about that.
0: I would not think so because yeah. a guard was already murdered, and that is the representative of that part of the system. So no, yeah, but I don't, I don't know.
1: I'm not sure. I mean, I, 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 at least two guards are murdered though. So you know, yeah,
0: that's true. And
1: there is the suggestion that that's being. Uh, That Nietzsche has, you know, influenced his wife into the murder because, you know, as his way of getting revenge for the guy who is screwing his wife. I mean, that that is there is plenty of motivation, even if this guy never touched, you know, Nietzsche to want to kill him. Um, And I don't know. I I I. I, If anything, it shows the guard profiting from this corrupt system, right? I mean, Nietzsche is somebody who. Through the incompetence of his lawyer, through the through this uh, system, has been deprived of the fellowship of his wife, of somebody he loves, and here is this guy swooping in to just reap what has been taken behind.
0: Yes, to some degree, but I also don't want to discount the personhood of his wife. as Of course, as well. of
1: course, but um, she is all. Yeah, I. I mean, she is the one who is. In, this, is I, this is coming, I guess, from. A 1996 viewpoint and from the viewpoint of this character i mean uh, i i yeah so i guess it's going in you know along those lines
0: and i think it also slots in with some of the things that this episode uh was saying about scully but we yeah. can talk about that with two shocks i think that's going on in Two shy as well that,
1: that was the through line i mentioned i wanted to talk about so yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, well, let's go there then. Let's talk about Too Shy. But before we do that, I just want to take this opportunity to remind uh, the listeners of Tuning In, you, that uh, Tuning In is listener supported. If you have some extra money that you would like to give us, you can go to patreon.com slash trackaboutshow and give now. So one of the things about The List and Too Shy, and I think we've seen this a little bit in previous episodes, uh, The X-Files is getting pretty gory.
1: Oh, God, it was I wrote in my notes for the list. Oh, God, this is a gross out episode. And then shy was like, ha, ha, you want a gross out episode, do you? Oh, my God, it was horrible.
0: (laughs) Here's a melting corpse.
1: Oh, God, that was one of the worst things. Um,
0: (sighs) Yeah, this is uh, when the X-Files was, I think, starting to to really ramp up the gore factor. And yeah, was just a little uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, um, I like it for how badass it makes Scully that she's just, like, she opens the thing, you know, everything sloshes out, and she's all, oh, dear, you know, like, she doesn't... I'm just
0: glad it didn't get on my coat.
1: Exactly, like, she, she's just not phased by this, it's it's amazing, but, um...
0: Well, and I also think that that factors into, into I think, what you wanted to talk about with Scully, so well, why don't you talk about that?
1: You know, it's... In these two episodes, are very aware that Scully's experience of this is going to be very different from Mulder's because she is a woman. They go out of their way to make it clear that this in no way affects her abilities as an agent. She is, at the end of the day, extraordinarily well-trained, extraordinarily intelligent, extraordinarily competent. She's going to be able to handle this it may give her more of a personal stake in it i mean she seems to in this in the second episode when the cop is saying you know well you're a woman women shouldn't be on certain cases and she's saying you know this is not going to affect my ability in many ways it may make her more dogged in pursuing this case you know because as a woman she understands this level of threat but i mean in the first episode there are a lot of these weird um you know, they they make it clear there's woman on the block when she's walking, uh, when she's talking to the guard. You know, the one says, you know, this is no place for a woman. She gets very lightly catcalled at one point. Mm-hmm. You know, there is are a lot of threats in this in this prison environment that are particular to her as a woman. But at the same time, this is going to be a dangerous environment for anybody to be in. I mean, I would not want to be on death row. I would very much have to hope that. Um, you know, there would be enough security standards in place that I would be okay with, you know, I, I would get through okay if I were touring it, you know. But, um,
0: yeah, well, I think that that that's an interesting way to look at it, though, right? Because there there is a different version of the X Files that would essentially ignore, uh, you know, Scully's gender, and, and there's also a worse I, I,
1: version of the X Files in which Scully would be sexually assaulted or have that threat.
0: That is true too, and I think that there, that, you know, the, the show has, in some episodes, not exactly damseled Scully, but has gone a little bit down that road. And I, I'm glad that the show is mostly staying away from that and is attempting, at least, to show Scully as a, you know, very very capable person. Yeah. She is an FBI agent. She is a doctor. She is able to hold her own. She is an adult. Uh, I mean, you know, going back to a very early first season episode where uh, she rescues Mulder, yeah, um, and 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 single handedly uh, gets the the you know secret you know government agent into the car, um, yeah. And I think that that there there is an element to, to both of these episodes, which on the one hand you could say it's a little strange that the show is is start well not starting but i think going back to the idea of let's question or, or let's let's throw some wrinkles into uh Scully's you know Scully's conception of what's going on and the 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 characters that are reacting to her as a woman and not as Scully because at this mm-hmm. point we know who Scully is and she is very capable i i think to like something um I think I've mentioned this show before but but there's a there's an NBC show called Timeless which is a, a, a science fiction time travel mm. episode and, or a uh, time travel show and you know it's it's kind of like whatever I mean it's an, it's an enjoyable show but it's not anything great uh but one of the things that that I really like about it is the fact that um one of the three uh people on the team that are going back in time is, is a black man and mm. the show does not shy away from the fact that that would be a problem. (laughs) Like, you know, you can't go to 1920 Mississippi and just like have the guy floating around without anybody questioning what the fuck is going on. It would be dangerous. And so in the same way, I like it when television shows uh, do acknowledge the reality of the situation that they are in.
1: Yeah, uh, without, again, they acknowledge it. They recognize, they have thought about what Scully's experience would be. They have tried to get inside her head and write that character that way, which is, frankly, how you write somebody. I mean, I, I, these episodes, there is always this question how do you write women? How can somebody write a woman? And these two episodes don't seem to have, that question is never. crossed the mind of the people who wrote these episodes because they know how to write this character. You know they they know how to write a character.
0: Yeah, and I and I don't think that's incidental. I mean, yeah. I think that 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 the X-Files is becoming extremely comfortable with writing for these characters yeah. and so it can. Uh, you know question the characters and it can sort of throw wrinkles into other characters reactions to them because at this point the audience knows Scully very well yeah. knows Mulder very well. And we can have characters come in and be like, why are you here? Women shouldn't do this. And Scully's just kind of like, OK, whatever, honey. Like, it's. Yeah, fine. she knows her and- own
1: abilities. She knows that she's going to be. I mean, this is not the guy going to her and say, well, you don't really know anything about lightning. You know, he in this episode, she knows what the fuck she's doing and she knows that she knows what the fuck she's doing.
0: Yeah, and in DPO that wasn't gendered. I mean, the guy yeah. was was questioning both Mulder and Scully, but in this episode it very much is gendered. And you know, I also think it's 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 interesting to to look at in light of the evolution of the character of Scully because if you think back to the pilot, she was young, she was green. You know, she, it seemed like she was relatively new to the FBI She was not around for nearly as long as Mulder was you know I don't think she's I think she's probably supposed to be like five years younger yeah. or so the Mulder so not a great age difference but in terms of like thinking about okay let's say Mulder went to grad school and then became an FBI agent whereas Scully had to go through medical yeah. school you know uh, th- they're, they're, the, the ages at which they joined the FBI are going to have some differentiation there. So Mulder has quite a few years of experience as an FBI agent on Scully, but she was much less confident in the early parts of the of the show. And now that she has gone through all of these yeah. experiences, she has been working on The X-Files with Mulder for two years, having all of these experiences. This is a person that is very confident of her own abilities at this point.
1: I mean, in a lot of ways, uh, Mulder and Scully, both of them, really only need the this isn't quite the right word but they don't really only need the approval of the other in a way as long as the other person is with them and has their back and by this point they know that they're always with them and they always have each other's backs that's yeah. all that that they really give a shit like if you know this isn't a case of Mulder saying you know I I, I don't believe your theory you know or you know, Mulder, you're going to need more evidence. It's not about questioning that. It's just some asshole cop thinks I can't handle this for a woman because I'm a woman. Like, who the fuck are you?
0: And yeah, that that's very true. And I think that obviously, you know, Scully can handle it. We yeah. know that she can handle it and she handles it very yeah. well. I mean, I think that one of the things that's it was smart with this episode is that Scully is really, I think, Mostly the driving force of this episode. Mulder is just kind of there for the ride. And I think that's the right choice. Like certainly Mulder does things, but he is not the primary focus of this episode at all.
1: No. And as I said, you know, I I mean, this does seem to check with uh, maybe Scully will have more of a drive to solve this case because, you know, she understands what sexual assault is maybe a little better than Mulder might. And, right, but, but either way, it doesn't you know compromise her views on the case and and frankly, I think once the cop is killed, the direct references to you know, so you're a woman, what can a woman do disappear from the episode because he's really the only person here who thinks that way,
0: right, He's the only person there that thinks that way, and at the end of the day, you know, the guy who thinks that women can't handle cases <laughs> like this is is murdered by the serial killer, yeah, so. Is that really the case? No, of course not. Yeah. I mean that that is the show uh, and this is kind of I think you know this is not a funny episode of oh. the show, but I think that you're starting to get a sense that the show is willing to make sardonic commentary on the the actions or the words of the guest stars or the characters because yeah, yeah there's nothing funny about any of what's going on in this episode. It's- but the fact of the matter is. The the guy who told Scully that he thought that women can't work on cases like this, but he's not being sexist. He's just being honest, uh, uh, uh. Uh, which is what all assholes of all, you know, uh, racist, sexist, homophobes, transphobes, like whatever horribleness you have in your life like uh, would say. You know, I'm just being honest. Uh, uh, uh. Um, it, that's a cover for all kinds of horrible things that people say. But he's the one who's murdered by the serial killer. So who was right there?
1: <laughs> I mean. I love the ending of this episode where, uh. Oh,
0: it's great. Oh, my God.
1: So when Scully leaves the, you know, leaves the gun and she's going to, you know, get anything she can to treat Ellen, uh. I thought, oh, God, the gun's going to go off. Ellen's killed herself. Like, that's where I thought the episode was going to go. And then so then she gets attacked by the killer. She gets the drop on him. You know, Scully able to use her FBI training in order to fight this guy off. And then there's the shot. And you're thinking, okay, here comes Mulder and the cavalry. Right. And it's fucking Ellen who, you know, number one, if Scully needs to be saved, Ellen's the Ellen has earned the right to shoot this guy at this point. Um and I mean that was that was a beautiful ending. That was a perfect ending for this. It it allows both of them to I mean in a lot of ways this is episode is about women desperately finding any means to fight back and in many cases being successful I'm even thinking about you know I'm thinking about even the prostitute who at least you know gets to rake his skin and that's a major clue for them i mean that you know even if even though she gets killed, she is able to still fight a little uh the blind girl, the daughter of the landlady who knows that she's in the apartment with her mother's dead body and and her killer and yet you know is able to get out of there and figure it out and call the police and, you know, get that next major step. I mean, these are people who would be victims who are figuring out how to get power out over their oppressors. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I also think that that I do want to talk more about um, all of those female characters. But I, But I think that the other thing that's important to mention as well is that, you know, this is an episode that is predicated on the idea of sexual violence. Mm. It's not... It's not actually sexual violence, right? No. Like we don't we don't ever see this guy sexually assaulting these women. It doesn't seem like that's his MO. Uh, he is some sort of weird genetic freak who needs fatty tissue to survive, and so he's murdering these women to get fatty yeah. tissue. He is not sexually assaulting them before he murders them because that is not what he is doing. Uh, but, but, but yeah,
1: he's doing something much fucking worse than that, but...
0: Well, yeah, but, but <laughs> certainly. But I think... Well, that could be arguable, maybe. But I think that... What what is interesting about it is that the show is is aware of the the problems of of television depictions of sexual violence towards women, and it is, I think, it is being responsible, and it is giving women the ability to ascend. I mean, it's not. Well, I don't even want to say giving the ability to. I think it's it's just it's. Arguing from a place of women are people and they can handle themselves
1: and and many times will handle themselves,
0: right? Exactly. I mean, there's no question that Scully is capable. There's no mm-hmm. question that that Ellen is is uh, a strong woman, even though she perhaps is not um, someone who is romantically very lucky. Uh, all of the female characters in this episode are very different, but they are all coming from a place of, I think, confidence and 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 ability mm-hmm. to some
1: degree. Yeah, I mean these are people who have been rejected or are flawed in some way. I mean the first uh poor Lauren and the prostitute are both said to be overweight again the one uh girl is blind. The uh I I I I not all of the characters have some kind of quote-unquote defect in that way, but I think all of them feel rejected and outside of society in this, uh, which is yeah. part of what makes them vulnerable to this killer. I mean you, you, you know, you said before, this is not a funny episode. Reading the Netflix description, it's like, a killer uses the internet to stalk his victims. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be great. <laughs> I was picturing the demon episode of Buffy, where there's the computer demon. Like, I thought it right. was going to be the... And this was dead fucking serious. Um, Maybe it goes a little more too much into 1996. The internet is scary. If you meet somebody on the internet, he'll turn out to be a killer, but... Beyond that, I mean, they are taking they are taking these lonely women very seriously. Uh, in no way are they treated as at fault for this, or you know, right. doing something wrong. I mean, they all have friends who are excited, slash, you know, a little apprehensive, but who generally think that you know talking to this guy on the internet is not necessarily a bad idea you know it is a connection to make with another person
0: yeah I think so and I, I mean I'm, I'm with you that I, I wanted to talk about the internet aspects of this episode because you know th- this is coming at a very particular yeah. time in the culture in the society you know if if You're old enough listening to this podcast to remember. I mean, I remember pre-internet life and post-internet life, and we are probably the last generation to remember that. Right. I mean, uh, I don't even think that that someone who's, you know, 25 years old at this point would have any memory of what life was like before the Internet. And that is an interesting thing to look at, because I, I think that that. Watching this episode, if you are of a different generation, a younger generation than us, could come across as deeply weird Yeah, uh, because there's no sense now that it's strange to meet people on the Internet. But the fact of the matter is, it was strange to meet people on yeah. the Internet in 1996. And the, the women in this episode are... Obviously uh, you know, because if you think about where the internet was in nineteen ninety six, this was not a mass thing. Yeah. You know, I don't know I don't know what the percentage of Americans that was on the internet was, but computers were very expensive. I think they, you know, I mean they cost two, three thousand yeah. dollars still. Uh, the internet was expensive, it was slow. Um, these are women of a very particular socioeconomic uh, class that have access to this thing, but are still using it in a way that most people thought was weird and creepy and kind of dangerous. Yeah, they, and, they're
1: not necessarily. It's not like they're using it for their work. I mean, they've bought a computer for recreational purposes, it seems, and that's their it, 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 it their entire social life is around this computer. It's true.
0: Yeah, and 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 it it, it works because. I don't know. Like, there's a certain sense here that that I guess it's an interesting week for Mulder and Scully because I think that, um, especially in this episode, more so than I think in the list, uh, Scully is really the driving factor of this episode, and Mulder, like I said before, is just kind of there for the ride. Uh, you know, Mulder is the one who discovers the case in the first place yeah. and realizes that this man was using the personal ad in newspapers to to stalk and, and kill these women before, but now he has moved on to the internet. And there's a little bit of, I think, in in David Duchovic's line reading or the look on his face where he thinks this is perhaps a little ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Scully, I think, gets it more than Mulder does. And Mulder is a man, of course, who has very particular um, interest. Yes, interest. Exactly. I was just about to
1: say, out of Mulder and Scully, Mulder is probably the one with the Internet. I mean, tech always goes to porn, right?
0: Yeah, that is true. Yeah,
1: but but I I think that you know the the other
0: part of this as well. You know, leaving aside the internet stuff because that's really just kind of a vehicle yeah. for the episode. It's a little way to make it a little current, but not really. You know, if this episode if-
1: sorry if this episode had come out ten years earlier, it could have and it would have just been focused on the personals.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and. The guy who is the serial killer, you know, there's, there's an interesting thing here where I don't think the episode is super interested. This is, this is the weird thing is that like, if you look at this episode in a sequence of a lot of these other types of episodes, like tombs or something, Mm. right? The show was very interested in what was going on with tombs, why he could do this, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, now, Mulder and Scully have more experience with this sort of thing. I think they're realizing that there's some weird people out there that just have these strange things yeah. going on, and they don't really they they don't really care like they're kind of like, yeah, we need to stop this uh-huh. guy because he's murdering these women, but we don't necessarily care about the fact that he needs fatty tissue to survive. yeah, they'll
1: figure that part out later so obviously, yes, tombs and uh that second season episode with the hair um what was that one called? the hair with the guy was murdering the women and taking their hair
0: oh uh irresistible
1: yes i mean this episode is in some ways a combination of both but i think i've managed to solidify i i like i like this monster a lot better than i like tombs who i find very uh, underwhelming and partially this guy's powers seem a lot more consistent and partially we get a sense of who he is and what his inner life is like, which we never get with Tombs. I mean, one of the things that I had questioned yeah. with the Tombs episode was what is this man's intellect life like? He doesn't, you know, he does he understand what's going on? I mean, he's bestial at some points, but he can hold a job and he can figure this out. But I don't know if he's too intelligent enough to avoid getting caught. I mean, this guy, we, number one, get a very clear sense he does have extraordinarily high intelligence. He's made all these rationalizations. I mean, at the end when he's saying, well, I gave them a nice time, I gave them somebody to love. But I, the episode very much makes it clear that he's being fucking sadistic with him. He's playing with his food before he eats it. And No,
0: I, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think that the other thing – I'm glad you picked up on that because I think that one of the things that is interesting to watch with the evolution of this show yeah. is – uh, it is, it, well, two things. Number one, the show is much more willing to spend more time yeah. with the monsters of the week, get their points of view. You you get to see more of their life, frankly, and I think it makes the show richer and fuller and more interesting because it does avoid the Tombs problem of, yeah. okay, this guy's murdering people, but what's he about? We don't know. And the other part of it is that this episode is, because part of the thing about... Um, about the tombs episodes is that while i like them they're not really saying anything it is the x-files as as horror movie essentially whereas the x-files now is moving into these monster of the week stories telling stories with a point of view and and something to say it's making them more important in a way
1: uh one of the later one of the few episodes that i've seen already of the show um don't remember it too well, but it's a guy who works at, like, a burger joint and he's eating people or something like that. Um, Yeah. And I remember that episode going very into, you know, how he feels about this and, you know, dealing with it as an addiction and all of that. And again, this episode as something that he's rationalized and he's doing nice, but really he's a sadistic rapist. And um, he... I am much more interested in figuring out what makes these monsters tick rather than just here's gory stuff they do. I mean the the the, the fact that he spits out mucus which digests them and somehow eats the fatty tissue is gross stuff that's you know, going to get me watching through my fingers. But really what is making this episode resonate in a way that Tombs never did is that – You know, what makes him monstrous isn't the fact that he excretes bile. It's the fact that he plays with these women for months, hooking them and then, you know, finally killing them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes
1: him a monster.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm so excited that you're getting into the show. (laughs) It's 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 really I think you're starting to see it turning into something special. And I think, you know, this this is why I wanted to do this show, because it. When, when it was good, it was really good.
1: And I'm also – I'm frankly beginning to see st- – like uh, you know this isn't so much relevant this week, but Conduit, for example. I liked that episode and you were like, eh, it's an OK episode. And I'm seeing how f- much further it goes and you're, I, I think if I watched that episode, it would feel very lackluster in, in comparison to some of what we have seen and I assume what we're going to see later on.
0: Yeah, because I yeah I think that's actually a really good episode to pick up on because you're right like that was just oh because I think you had a very particular idea about what the sh- what the X Files was yeah and as it turns out you were not entirely <laughs> correct no
1: I mean the, the uh, episodes like space and shapes aside I mean I've pretty much enjoyed my time so far but you're right I mean this is they're not the, the the training wheels are completely off. They've they're not practicing anymore. They know what they want to say and they have figured out how to say it.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um and I think the last thing that I that I want to mention before we we wrap this episode up is uh I would like Ellen to have a spin-off <gasps> because I think she's a great character and Every time I watch this episode, I know she survives, but I'm always like so scared for oh, her because God. she's so awesome and I love her.
1: I know, she's just, you know, yeah, it's
0: just it's just like it's just like, you know, she's this like wilting flower who's not very successful yeah. romantically, but then <laughs> fuck you.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I said, I didn't know where they were going to take her, but the fact that she ends up victorious at the end and she is able to, you know, you, I get the sense at the end of the episode, Ellen is going to be just okay, And frankly, she's probably going to be able to turn this into a hell of a story.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, she's certainly going to be traumatized by it, but I don't think she's going to be as traumatized as as we think.
1: And in a lot of ways, this might be the kind of situation where she's just like, dude, I dealt with a guy who spit poison mucus on me and burned my jaw off and I fucking survived. What are you going to do to me?
0: Right. Yeah. And that, and that's also, I think like that's maybe the one false note of this episode is that I kind of feel like I wish the episode had just ended there. Because we do get that brief scene with him in yeah. prison and his skin is melting off and Mulder and Scully are saying vague menacing things to him about, you know, help us uh give closure to all these women's yeah, yeah, yeah. families, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, you, you see the full horror. He murdered 47 women, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know. I, I that, that, That seems like it's not necessary.
1: Yeah, and maybe for the X-Files penchant for ambiguous endings, well, you know, Ellen killed him and we'll never exactly be able to figure out what his deal was and why he was able to do that. But at least the threat is gone. Yeah, yeah, I think so.
0: All right, well, I think we'll leave it there. If you have any thoughts on either of the episodes of The X-Files we just discussed, The List or Too Shy, and and by the way, I just love the online usernames for all of these characters. They're so
1: ridiculous. Lauren's username was Friend, and that broke my heart.
0: I know, I know. And and the online service. (laughs) It was America Online, right? It had to be, right? I thought
1: it was IRC, actually, but anyway.
0: Oh, yeah, maybe. Although I, I don't think that IRC you couldn't see what people typed. that's like a new thing anyway uh you and couldn't do that on
1: aol at the time either
0: no you couldn't and the localized online alert like what is that huh. i've never seen that in my life anyway uh this was still the the age when people didn't quite understand how the internet worked uh anyway if you have any thoughts on either of these episodes please leave a comment on the post for this episode of the podcast at tuninginshow.com As we mentioned earlier, Tuning In is listener-supported. If you would like to uh, support us financially, you can go to patreon.com slash truckaboutshow and give now. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are on there. Tuning In Show is our username in all those places. And as always, please leave us a positive iTunes for tuning in. It has been quite a while since we've gotten one, and uh, we need one because it makes us feel good. Next week, we're going to be talking about the episode's the walk and obliette
1: the Mac. Why do you-